part two of new. This is new two. This is new part two, baby. Two of the new to the, I don't know what else to do except say new part. See what I did there? Right there. Hashtag see what I did there. What's up, you guys, man? I'm so excited about this new series and in honor of our new series. One of the things I love about the holidays is I get a bunch of new stuff. And so in honor of our new series, all through the weeks of this series, I am wearing a new shirt. And so I've told my wife, baby, I got to go shop. I got to do it. I got to find a new shirt for every single weekend because, honey, it's the new series. And so here's the deal, you guys. I've said this for years. Gifts are my love language. You know the whole five love language thing? Gifts are my love language. I mean, gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, quality time. Like those are my top five, like right there. (laughs) Like, no, like, and they're all pretty much like number one. Like, it's I am like a little kid or a puppy dog. I'm like, that's how I like to be loved. So, uh, gifts are my thing. So, new shirts are my thing. Size medium most of the time. Unless it's like the ultra slim fit that is like, well, you might want to go up to the large. You might want to go up there. That might be good. So, this is part two of our new series. And you guys, we're talking about this idea of how every new year is really kind of a marking of time where we, where we, uh, where we have a, a new chapter to write, that, that the pages are blank, that the new year represents that opportunity. And last weekend, if you missed it, man, make sure you catch up online. We've heard so many of you talking about and writing down your goals. And really, you know, everything that we talked about last weekend has just been resonating with so many of you. And this weekend, in all of our services, we're going to talk about this idea of dreams, that one of the things about the new year is the opportunity to dream new dreams, to dream new dreams. Now, for me, I'm a dreamer. Like, I come by this idea of dreaming uh, pretty honestly, that I've always been kind of a visionary, you know, the creative side, sort of, you know, the big picture type of guy. And for some of you, you hear that, and you re- that resonates with you. You're like, oh, yeah, me too, me too. And others of you, you hear that, and that kind of freaks you out a little bit. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. See, I'm, I'm not really much of a dreamer. I like to throw, you know, my weight in, my, my support in with, on somebody else's dream. And, and here's, the, here's what I want us to understand this weekend. When it comes to dreams in our life, dreams are healthy. Dreams are good. In fact, dr- I believe dreams are a part of the heart of God. I mean, after all, think about it. God had a dream. When he created us, when he created the world, he had a dream of creating humankind that he could be in relationship with. But unfortunately, sin came into and entered the human race. And when it did, it disrupted God's dream. And in that moment, God said, I have a new dream. And that new dream is to restore relationship with mankind. And that's why he sent Jesus to this earth. The message of the cross, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the one we proclaim, the message we find in the Bible is all about God's dream. And how cool is this, that God's dream is personal and we're a part of it. Think of that. We are a part of the dream of God. And so uh, that's what I want us to talk about this weekend because here's here's my belief. Here's what I, I believe is to be true And even this week as I've been praying about this and really covering this idea of dreaming and prayer, uh, on Monday was our first Monday prayer and fasting this week. And uh, during our time of prayer and fasting over the the lunch hour, I I felt like as I was praying for not just us as a church, but uh, and even for us as individuals in our church, but as I was praying for our city and praying for the businesses and the industries, the commerce, the retail of our city, praying for, for job creation across Southwest Florida, here's what, I, here's what I felt so strongly in my spirit. That I believe Southwest Florida is beginning to 
thaw out, if you will. That it, while, I was, while I was praying and worshiping this week at prayer and fasting, I, I felt in my heart like, like Southwest Florida has been in a deep freeze for about five years. And some of us know exactly what I'm talking about. The, the name of the game has not been dream big dreams and dream bigger and go big and to think long. Okay, the name of the game for so many of us has been just get through it. Just figure out a way to get through Q4. Just figure out a way to survive. Just figure out a way to stay married for another 12 months. Just figure out a way to, to keep the kids in school. Just figure out a way to not get downsized. Just figure out a way. Just survive it. That we have been, because of all sorts of economic reasons and otherwise, that we as a region of the United States of America have been in a deep freeze. And guys, what I sense and feel in my spirit is that this year represents a year where we as a region of the country are going to begin to thaw out in every way. And so here's what I believe. I believe that this is our year, Next Level Church, to begin to dream bigger. This is our year to begin to dream again. Some of us, listen, we haven't been able to dream big dreams for our family, for our marriage, for our, for our, for our education, for our careers, for our spiritual life, because we feel like we've been in this deep freeze. But I believe God wants us to know this weekend that it's time to thaw out. That it's happening. That God wants us to dream. There's this incredible passage of scripture in Psalm 126. Where David the psalmist is writing. And he's writing this, this eloquent poetry. These, these beautiful hymns. These songs. And he's reflecting on God's faithfulness to God, his people. All through the Old Testament. Over generation, generation, generation. And David is writing these psalms. Reflecting on God's faithfulness. And in Psalm 126 verse 1. David writes... That when, when, I love this, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion. In other words, I remember when God's people were prisoners. They were enslaved. They were, they were frozen. They were on pause. And David says, I remember that when God delivered them out of bondage, out of slavery, out of that frozen pause state. He said, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion. We were like those who dream. And listen, Next Level Church, I can't help but think that that is exactly where God has us as well. Listen, I believe this weekend God wants to speak a word to so many of our hearts that it's time to dream again. It's time to dream new dreams. It's time to dream bigger than perhaps we ever have before. Here is permission to dream. I love in the more literal translation of that verse, it says, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. That phrase, those who dream, actually says this. We were like those who were restored to health. Guys, listen, I think there's something healthy. I think there's something restorative to dreaming in our lives. And so that's why we're talking about it in this new series because I believe we are entering into a new season to dream like never before. So if you have your notes uh, inside your bulletin on the inside there, I would love for you to follow along as we talk through five ideas or, or five thoughts on this idea of how God wants us to dream. And the first thought that I want us to see and understand this weekend is this. We serve a God of dreams. We serve a God of dreams. 
that, that the world we live in is exactly the opposite. See, God's not afraid of our dreams. In fact, God welcomes our big, lofty uh, dreams. But we live in a world that, that doesn't. In fact, we live in a world that wants to squelch our dreams, that wants us to get myopic in our vision, wants us to get tunnel vision, wants us to think small, wants us to just survive, wants us to just work day to day to day. And and if we live in that world for too long without lifting up our eyes and, and dreaming big dreams in our life, all of a sudden what we can discover is we'll begin to lose passion and motivation for our life and for our world, for what we're giving our days to. We serve a God dreams. He is the God of dreams. And for the last few years, I believe some of us have been reduced to merely surviving, just going through the motions, trying to hold it all together. But this and Next Level Church, God wants us to dream big dreams. Come on. When was the last time we dreamed big dreams? Parents, we know what it is for our kids to walk in and say crazy stuff. Right? Because some of us, we look on at our dreams and we go, you know what though, man? I've been like, some of this stuff is like out there and I don't even know. And if it, what if it doesn't really happen? Okay, here's, here's the thing. God's not threatened by our big dreams. God's like, not like, well, see, I, that would never happen. Okay, because parents, that's not what we do. When our kids walk in and they announce something, hey, you know, I want to go to the moon someday. I want to win American Idol. I want to whatever, you know. Like, we don't shut that down. We're not like, no, that's ridiculous. Stop it. Right? We encourage it. Even if it doesn't happen the way they think it could happen. Even if, yeah, you've got a lot of life ahead of you and who knows. Yes, we, we just encourage our kids to, to think creatively, to think out of the box, to, to think innovative thoughts. Absolutely. And I believe God is the exact same way. He loves our childlike innocence, our childlike faith. He loves it when we come to him and go, what if? He loves that. When we act like kids, and he loves that. There's a story in Luke chapter 18 where Jesus is, and his disciples are ministering, and all these adults are around, all these people are around. And then some kids kind of slip in and make their way to Jesus, and some adults start bringing some, their kids to Jesus. Look at this. This is interesting. Luke chapter 18, verse 15 says this. People were also bringing babies or young children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. They're like, stop it. Verse 16. But Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Why? For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. The kingdom of God belongs to those who have an innocence and a childlike faith in their heart. The kingdom of God Belongs to the children, to those who aren't afraid to look long and dream big dreams. I think Jesus was attracted to the energy of kids. I think he was uh, attracted to the, the raw enthusiasm of children in their faith. I think Jesus was attracted to their fun, loving nature and their frivolousness at times. I think that's exactly what Jesus was attracted to. And I believe that's exactly what he's attracted to in us. And so listen, Next Level Church, come on. You got to hear this this weekend. We serve a God who dreams. When was the last time we gave ourselves permission to dream? Really dream. For some of us, we're going to have to go back a while. 
to remember the last time we gave ourselves permission to dream. Listen, dreaming is of God. Dreaming is a really, really, really big deal. Why? Because we serve a God of dreams. Here's the second thought about dreams I want us to grab a hold of, and this is why it's so important, because dreams give us a destination to sail to. Dreams give us a destination to sail to. Uh, For us as a church, God allowed us to miraculously purchase the 7.3 acres of land on Gateway Boulevard uh, about 14 months ago. It was November, December of 2012, the end of 2012. And, um, and, and I'm telling you, it was just, it was a miracle to have that kind of acreage right on Gateway Boulevard for our campus out there east of the interstate. I mean, it's just it, like that land is probably valued at close to a million dollars now. And we paid cash. We were able to pay cash for it. And we paid $225,000 for it, which is like, what? It's going on. Like, it, it's, it was such a God thing, such a God thing. And so, of course, we p- paid cash for that, and then the wheel started to immediately spin in terms of designing the building and laying in the whole thing out, and how do we best utilize the land, whatever. And so, in May of last year, we had our, our monthly all-staff meeting, and we all got together in a room with the team, and I remember sitting down with them and ba- basically making the statement to them and saying, listen, guys, as of now, because we were getting ready to break ground on the Gateway Uh, expansion project. I said, guys, here's the deal. For the last six months, nine months, a year or so, we have been in the harbor. We've been in port. And it's been good. And there's usefulness to being in the harbor, being in the port, being in the safety of all of that. And you can make, you know, repairs to the ship and you can lay the foundation and make everything is sturdy and get your systems and your processes right and all that. And that's what we've been doing for the last year or so. And it's been good. But I want you to know, and I told the staff this last May, that we're getting ready to untie the rope and leave the, leave the harbor. Never to see this harbor again. Because there is a new port, there's a new city, there's a new destination that God has called us to sail to. That we weren't made to stay in this harbor forever. This has been good, it's been right, it's been healthy, but where we're going, it's time to sail. And we're about to set sail to a new port, to a new city, to a new destination. And for us, that new destination is the dream of being one church in multiple locations. And that's been a dream of our church for nearly a decade now. We moved here 12 years ago, and about two years in, we started to realize that that the the expanse of southwest Florida, the five counties that make it up, the 1.1 million people who uh, make up those five counties that is known as southwest Florida, we felt so spiritually responsible for those five counties. And we just began to realize a decade ago that one church in one location would never be able to offer our brand, our flavor, if you will, of Christianity, our expression of what God's doing on the earth today. We'd never be able to get the job done in terms of being able to impact and truly influence life change in the, the entire region of Southwest Florida. And so 10 years ago, God birthed this vision in us to be one church in multiple locations. And so last May, I told the staff, I said, guys, listen, get ready because we're about to hit the open seas. Get ready because we're about to sail to a new destination. And listen, here's what I think. I think that what is true of us as a church, we are sailing to a new port, to a new city, to a new destination. And that is to be one church in multiple locations. Guys, listen, I believe in the same way we need a destination in our lives. And that's what dreams give us. They give us a destination to sail to. 
And the great thing about this idea of of a destination to sail to is it offers us a couple of different things. One, it gives us focus. It gives us focus by virtue of us saying, this is the port we're sailing to. In essence, we're saying, and we're not sailing to all of these other places. This is the destination we feel God wants us to go. It gives us a focus that we can look on and say it's all about that. And so for us, in terms of being one church in multiple locations, it has provided a focus. And so every conversation we have, every meeting we've had over the last nine months or so, everything that we've done, every decision we made has been made in light of the new destination that we're heading to. Does that make sense? That's what we've been after. See, a new destination, a dream gives us a focus. And number two, it gives us a filter. It gives us a filter to be able to say yes and no. It's a filter that we can look on at at decisions we make, at priorities, and say, you know what? No. You know what? That sounds great, but we're not going to do that. As for us, why? Because we're sailing to this port. This is our destination. This is where we're going. And once you have that destination, that dream in your sights, you suddenly have a focus and you have a filter that you can be able to look on at other things and go, those are really good. Those are really great. But that's not our destination. That's not our focus. That's not the port we're sailing to. As for us, this is where we're going. So my question to us this weekend is, listen, what's your destination? Where is it that you feel like you're supposed to go in in multiple areas of your life? In your family, in your marriage, with your kids. Do you know what that port is that you're supposed to be sailing to? Young people, if you're pursuing your education, what's the destination? What's the city, the port that you're supposed to be sailing to? Business leaders, department heads, listen. What's the destination? What's the port that you're supposed to be sailing to this year? Do you know? Does your team know? Because leaders, listen, let me just kind of sidebar for those of us in the business community. Listen, is it possible that the port you're sailing to is crystal clear in your mind, but your team's a little fuzzy on it? And some of the stuff you've been looking at as, well, they're not on board, and they don't get it, and they don't understand, and they're not behind me, and they don't support it. Okay, is it possible that they just lost sight of the destination and therefore have lost sight of their focus and their filter? And maybe the best thing we could do this week, business leaders, is sit down with our team for 15 or 20 or 30 minutes and look at them and say, guys, I just want to be clear real quick. Starting a new year, here's the deal. This is the destination we're sailing to. This is the port we're going to. This is where we as a division, we as a department, we as a business are called to go. Listen, I believe this stuff applies to every area of our lives. Dreams give us a destination to sail to. Number three, if you're taking notes, dreams give us a reason to sail. Dreams give us a reason to sail. There's this really, really uh, cool story in the book of Acts that the Apostle Paul and his, his ministry team are traveling, and they're on one of their missionary journeys. And God's using them in just great ways, and they're planting churches, and they're you know, just seeing revival just happen all over the, these, the region, all over these cities where they're going, and God's touching people and healing people, and people are receiving Christ and just coming to faith, the whole deal. And then it's like all of a sudden, Paul and their team kind of like, like hit this wall, like this wall, just one after another, closed door, closed, like it's a cul-de-sac in terms of their ministry. And they kind of hit this call to second. They're like, what do we do now? What do we do now? In Acts chapter 16, verse, starting verse 6, it tells us the story. Let's read it. It says this, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Verse 7. 
When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So another closed door. They just keep, they keep bumping up against these closed doors. Verse 8, so they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. Verse 9, look at this. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10, look, that changed everything. The dream, the vision, literal dream, changed everything. After Paul, verse 10, had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I love this. Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, says, listen, we were kind of hitting one dead end one after another, after another, after another, and then Paul got a dream. Paul had a vision, a literal dream, where he saw a man from Macedonia say, hey, we need you guys over here. Come help us. And when he woke up and told us that he saw a man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us, we were all like, yeah, boy. And we're on and let's go. And it said, we got ready at once. Listen, they suddenly had a renewed reason to sail. Let's go. That's the power of dreams in our lives. They give us the ability and reason to sail. Paul woke up in one dream, one vision, one clear picture changed everything. Not just for him, but for his entire team under his influence and leadership. Here's what I think. I think the same thing is true in our lives. When we have a dream from God, when we have a picture of where God wants us to go in some area of our life, it gives us a reason to sail. And that reason gives us three things. Number one, it gives us energy. It energizes us. Listen, if, if you have some area of your life where you feel like you're not energized, where you feel like you're not motivated in that area, it's quite possible that we've lost sight of the dream in that area of your life. What's your dream? What's your dream for your marriage this year? Do you know? I'm telling you, if you'll get a dream, a picture of what's possible in your marriage this year, it will bring an instant energy and lift and motivation to both you and your spouse. What's your dream in your parenting? What's our dream for our, for our business this year? What's our dream for our spiritual life this year? Where could it go? Listen, one picture, one dream, one vision of what's possible in terms of our relationship with Christ or our influence in our community or in our neighborhood or in our connection group or in our serve team ministry. Listen, one picture of what God could want to do with us. One dream has the power to bring energy to us. Secondly, it has the power to bring purpose. Gives us a reason to sail. It's a purpose. It's a reason to get out of bed in the morning. If you struggle with motivation, it's possible that you've lost sight of the dream. It gives us purpose. And then third, it gives us an urgency. There's an urgency that comes. I love it in the story. Did you catch it? When Luke said that Paul shared with the team the vision, the dream he had of the guy from Macedonia saying, come over here, he said, we got ready at once. In other words, they were like, brethren, let's make haste. Like, or something like that. Like, it was like, let's go. We got to go. We got, there was an instant energy, a purpose, and an urgency to it. Man, they looked on and they said, we can't not do this. We got to go. Why? Because that's the power of dreams. That's the power of dreams in our life. Can I just tell you, I love this stuff. This is awesome. Whoo. Okay. Number four. Number four. Come on, one, two, three, serious. 
We're talking about the power of dreams in our life, and I'm just telling you, I feel so strong, so compelled in my spirit that we as a church, God's called us to lead in so many ways this year here in Southwest Florida. I believe that. Not just corporately, but individually as well. And I believe those who dream again, those who begin to dream, will be the ones who begin to lead first in our city. And I believe that's our responsibility next level. Number four, if you're taking notes, the journey, we have to know that the journey to our dream makes us who we are. It's not the destination that makes us who we are. It's the journey to the destination that makes us who we are. It's not the port that we're sailing to that makes us who we are. It's the sailing we do on the way to that port that makes us who we are. Listen to this. We will become this year who we become largely by the dream we chase after. Think of that. Think of the implications of that. We will become this year who we become largely by the dream we choose to chase after. What dream are you choosing to chase after? I'm telling you, this is so important. The secret to our dream is not the destination. It's not the destination that will, the destination that will make us who we are this year. It's the journey we take on the way to the destination that will make us such. Listen, if there's one thing I've learned in 12 years of leading Next Level Church and over 20 years of following Christ, it's this, that there are lessons, there are disciplines and character things that God wants to work out in me that I can never understand and learn on the shoreline. You can only learn them in the boat. You only learn those things. You only become those things. Those things only get worked out of you when you untie the rope and push off and start sailing, sailing toward the direction of your dreams. That's how we learn. That's how we become who God wants us to become. It's the journey. It's the journey, not the destination. It makes us who we become. And number five, God, when it comes to our dreams, God makes himself real on the path to our dreams. Not only do we become who God wants us to become, but it's the journey on the path to our dream where we learn things about him that we could never learn any other way as well. And some of us who've been traveling the path to our dreams for any period of time know that this is true, that there are elements, there are attributes, there are characteristics to God himself that he only reveals to those who dare to take the journey to the next port of their dreams. Three things in particular that I think we can learn from the path, the journey to our dreams about God. Number one is this, that he proves his provision. He proves his provision. When we dream big dreams, when we look long, when we dream new dreams, and we dream again in our life, when we take that step of faith and untie the rope and push away from the wall, when we dare to dream big dreams, we have to trust in a big God. We learn things about the provision of God that we can learn no other way except on the path to our dreams. Number two, we learn about his sovereignty. I think God proves his sovereignty on the path to our dreams. Because when we're chasing a big dream for God, we discover just how much God really does hold the whole world in his hands. And number three, when we're traveling the path to our dreams, we learn about his ability to do the miraculous. Because see, when you and I set out to dream big dreams for God, it takes a miracle. And you and I can look on and know with beyond a shadow of a doubt that if God doesn't come through in some miraculous way, it's not going to happen. 
So what about us? What's our dream? What's our dream? Ten years ago, we began to dream of being one church in multiple locations. And 14 months ago, we purchased land to see that dream begin to become a reality. Seven or eight months ago, we began to construction and begin to move the processes and pieces around, systems and procedures to get us as a church ready to see that dream come true. And in about seven weeks, ah, the dream of being one church in multiple locations is going to become a reality. And guys, listen, you've been, able, you've been the ones who've made that happen. Our dream for Gateway has been that the people of Next Level Church would so get the vision that church is not about us, church is not for us, that church is a place for lost people. Our dream for this Gateway Campus has been that you, the people of Next Level Church, would so get the vision that it's not about us, but it's about them, those who aren't here yet, those who are far from God. That you would get behind this thing and support it and, and with your prayers, with your, with your energy, with your servants' hearts, with your finances. And listen, it has happened. God is doing it. To think that, that you, in the last year, have generously contributed over a million dollars and counting for a facility that the vast majority of you will never sit in is miraculous I'm telling you and listen some of you I say count and counting because some of you are like we still want to get we say you come on if the Lord's speaking you obey <laughs> I'm just saying that's our that's our philosophy listen don't listen to us listen to him and if he speaks do that guys listen no come on come on don't miss the magnitude of this think of it think of it what a dream to have a, a church like this full of people who so understand the heart of our God for lost people that your generosity flows in such a way the dream is for Gateway has been that we would be able to be one church in multiple locations the dream has been that the people of Next Level would so get behind that thing that it would be funded like that through the generosity of people who may not ever sit there or even see it the dream of God has been that five to seven hundred of us who presently attend the plantation campus would move in just a few weeks and make the Gateway campus, our East of I-75 campus, your permanent, your home campus. Listen, we're believing. That's the dream, to see five to seven hundred of us move out there. And yes, those who live east of the interstate, we're coming, baby, sure. But even some of us, I just believe some of us who live west of the interstate, that God might prompt you or prompt your connection group to say, you know what? We're all going to make the switch. Why? Because we get the vision that when we do, we create seats here for lost people. And, and we create a strong team and a foundation of people out there to get this thing off the ground. Listen, we're believing that God's going to speak to five to seven hundred of us to make that move and make Gateway our permanent campus. I love that. That's the dream. That's the dream. And it's incredible to be able to be a part of a church that gets it that gets the dream and understands how God is using not just us individually, but all of us collectively as his body, as a community of believers.
It's unbelievable. So my question to us this weekend, not just corporately, but individually in all of our services all weekend long is this. What's your dream? What's your dream? See, I believe it's possible that so many of us who are listening have had our, the dream that we've had in our heart in, in a deep freezer. It's been in the freezer for like five years. And you know what I'm talking about. It has just been, I can't, I can't touch it. I can't think about it. I, can't, I just have to just, every, just get through the day. But this year, starting now, this weekend, I believe God is calling some of us to open up the freezer, reach in, and take out our dream. And sit it on the counter and let it start thawing out again. Next Level Church, I believe it's time to dream again. Come on, I believe God wants us to dream big dreams for our homes, for our marriages, for our families, for our finances, for our careers, for our relationships, for our relationship with Him. It's time to dream again. It's time. And I believe that if we will, God will honor our faith and he will begin to position us again, not just corporately, but individually as the leader, as the leading voice of influence, if you will, in our spheres of influence. And the result will be not just growth and development in our heart on the path to our dream, but the result, even more than that, perhaps, is that others around us will be impacted for him as well. So come on, Next Level Church. It's new. It's a new year. It's a new beginning. It's a new opportunity to dream. Can we pray together? All across this place and all of our services, let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you've given us the ability to dream again. And so, God, right now, we just commit. Lord, we commit. And, God, we're not just going to think about it. We're going to write it down. And, God, we're going to utilize that, that dream card that's in our bullet. God, we're going to utilize that thing. We're going to write down the dream. Because, God, when you brought out the captive ones of Zion, when you brought them out of the pause, when you brought them out of the frozen, when you started to thaw them out, they were like those who dreamed and God so are we and so Jesus this weekend we commit to dream again we commit to dream bigger we commit to dream new again God thank you that you are the God of dreams and that you've been placed inside of our heart dreams and visions and pictures of the preferred future you've called us to set our eyes on, to make our destination this year. God, thank you that you are the God of dreams. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone in all of our services who agreed said, Amen.